What's up, guys, and welcome to our recap and review of The Flash Season 6. And here with me is the one, the only, Legend Vash, Miguel Parra. Miguel, thank you so much for joining me for this review. It's my pleasure and my honor to come here and join you on your channel and talk about The Flash. So it's great. He's one of my top three favorite heroes in the TV. That's a whole different story, but definitely it's great to be here. Yeah, The Flash is my second favorite hero in the DC universe. So I love speedsters. I'm obsessed with speed, lightning. Flash gives me all that stuff, right? So we are going to be reviewing The Flash Season 6 in four parts. We're going to be talking pre-crisis, post-crisis. We're going to talk about our thoughts on the finale itself. And then we're going to give our brief thoughts on an overall review of Season 6 and where it lands between the first season and where we are right now. So let's start off with pre-crisis, right? So in pre-crisis, we have Bloodwork. I thought Bloodwork was really cool. What did you think of Bloodwork? Bloodwork is honestly um, one of my favorites because it actually involved about Caitlin Moore in the story. It, it showed the whole connection. I love how they just had the whole first season with the whole explosion and everybody got the powers. But I love how they just bring different time where people got the powers and just out of the blue. And it shows that blood work, he's just a scientist with Kaylin and everything. They're from college friends and um, he had a thing for her, but the way it works out, it wasn't forced. They had a conversation. It is very, and that's dynamic where it wasn't forced. But what I got about him is that he actually felt like the common book type of villain. They didn't really change much anything about him in the TV show. So that's what I enjoy about his character and plus the actor did a good job for what he got. And plus he actually did his role, his lines, very entertaining. Yeah, he was really, really good to me, in my opinion. Like, I love villains that I can actually empathize with, unlike the thinker. There's nothing about that guy that I care about. And we can talk about that <laughs> towards the end. But I hate him like, so much. But Bloodwork, he was just a guy that wanted to rid the world of disease. He wanted to stop other people from losing their parents, their kids, their loved ones, because he lost his mom to an incurable disease. So that's just what he wanted. But in the process, he somewhat went mad. And that's just where we are right now. And that's the best way to have your villain is where he he don't see himself as a bad guy. He's the one who wants to cure the world. And that's the best way to have your villain is where he thinks he's actually doing something good. Just isn't that the best in the best civil way, it's yeah. just doing it more than a mad it's scientist wake, and that's what his field was. So it's pros and cons the way you see it of how his methods were. Yeah. Um, another one, another villain that I want to talk about, the, the second introduction to Godspeed, right? In the very first episode of this season, we saw Flash versus Godspeed, and then we realized that this is actually the fourth cybernetic version of Godspeed that they've caught. What did you think about that? I was excited and upset at how more that he's an android, that he's a robot and everything, he don't speak much. But I'm more intrigued of where is this long-running Godspeed going to end up? Because most likely he's going to be like a season seven yeah. villain for what most likely would be but it's like what's the end game because they've been going on with this whole season with the whole 19 episodes and everything because it's like what's the end goal for this gospel why is he sending androids to go and grab the flash why is he trying to get you know grab the speed because from the comics he steals other speeds of speed and we find out more about him because um he is very Allen's cousin or some type of connection for it but then I'm curious about how, how are they going to incorporate this because he's from a different timeline. So I'm really curious about this. How is this going to go? And one, he has one of my favorite suits. I don't know if it's the whole CG, but his suit makes it amazing. Like the whole white 
in the whole yeah. yellow. It makes it look amazing. I don't know if it's because of the whole CG, like I said, but it just looks awesome on screen. Honestly, I think it's because it's actually the Flash suit that the, that's the most comic book accurate. Yes. It looks exactly like the comic Godspeed suit. And I, I mean, because they did it in CGI, it looks really, really cool. Looks I love great. the, I love the lightning. I love how it's animated. But his end game, I think he's going to come from the future to a time where the Flash is at his fastest to steal his speed. Because this God Speed on the TV show doesn't have access to the Speed Force. This and then on the show, the Speed yeah. Force no longer exists. So it's like. Maybe he's trying to steal Barry's artificial speed force. Like maybe he's sending these robots back in time to force Barry to make to to make the engine so that he can steal the speed from the artificial speed force. That's just what I'm thinking. That could be possible because that's what he has done in the comics. He has actually stolen his speed many times yeah. and he has become faster than Barry and plus Wally. So for him to see that, I really want to see how it's gonna be incorporated. Like, are you gonna be more comic book accurate and see him do that in the future where he actually wants Barry. Yo, Barry, hurry up and make your own speed already because I, I want to steal that for myself. So chop, chop. Yeah. Um, in episode two, something that I wanted to talk about was Barry Allen, Grant Gustin, going to see the other Barry Allen and him putting on the original Jay Garrick helmet and seeing all of those multiple futures and then watching himself running out of existence. I thought that was so cool. That was such a comic book feeling as a kid because when you see that in a comic book i forgot which one is the top of my head but the one where he goes out of existence but then it's he, crisis yeah it's crisis right it's crisis yeah so he comes out of existence but then he becomes the actual the actual lightning the one that hits him back to become to make him as the flash i'm like i love it when they do these separate easter eggs but then at the same time i hate that because i wish they would actually do it but then if they did that there would be no more show of the flash but I love how they show this, like, oh, you know, this is such a comic book thing. We'll show this for you guys. Maybe they might do this for the end of the show over like, when it's season seven, season eight, or whenever it is. But just seeing that, him with the classic Jake Garrett, you know, you know, the whole helmet, it's just such a great insight to see. Yeah. Now, later on in pre-crisis, we get introduced to a new Wells. We get introduced to Nash Wells, and then we also find out that well that's post-crisis but yeah, what post, you I, think, about to say that I was just about to say, say something about post-crisis but what did you think about the first introduction to nash did you think he was evil did you think he was going to be a good guy like what did you think when it comes to harrison wells or any wells it's hard it's kind of hard to tell because when you it's like it's like the saying goes you fool me once shame on me when you fool me twice i'm fucked. it's like every wells always has a secret agenda and you knew yep. when when and when you did this wells was here and also when there was crisis coming up too, and when he was going under a secret cave to unlock this, you know, like, okay. And then you see more what he was going to do in crisis, like what character is going to be. You're like, I don't trust this dude. And then you saw what happened. You're like, yeah, I definitely don't trust this dude at all. So just to see what happened. But as a character, Nash was throughout the season and what he has become, he has grown on me a lot more, some better than others. But as the beginning, as you said in the question, I don't trust him. Yeah. What is something like what's your secret agenda and also once you start to um not fall in love once you start to be friends with um with allegra his, with his fake daughter to see like oh allegra it's you again it's like every type of wells has some type of ptsd in yeah. some way or form yeah so at the beginning pre-crisis i didn't know how to feel about nash right like i just because he comes in 
and he all he obviously has an ulterior motive, right? Yeah. I don't. I'd never thought he was as evil as Thon or anything, but I saw him as a guy who would risk the lives of other people to get whatever he wants, yeah. right? So at first, I didn't really know how to feel about him, but I ended up really liking him post crisis with everything that he's going through. Same so. As me. I ended up liking him a lot, but what did you think about Allegra pre-crisis? Because this is, yeah, this is a problem for me with a lot of characters that the CW introduces on the Flash. Right? I feel like it takes an entire season to get me to care about some of these characters. Right? Yes. So Ralph Dibney, I did not like him for the first season he was in. I did not like him at all. It took me the second and a half season for me to actually like Ralph Dibney because it. In the comics, you don't really like him because he's a person that more, not of, of a vigilante, but more of a, he kind of cares for himself. He's selfish and everything. And you don't really care much about. I never cared man. about Elongated Man. Like nobody so. cares. Like, <laughs> like who cares about Elongated Man and Plastic Man? Who really does care about him? <laughs> nobody does. He's and a like, character. Um, Jesse, I feel like oh, it yeah. took a really long time for anyone to actually care about Jesse. For me, Jesse. Wally, go ahead. No, but Jesse and Wally, I liked them because I knew about them more because of the of the whole Flash family. I liked them more because I wanted to see them grow. But once I saw, as you said, Ralph did me or plus Allegra, as you mentioned, it was more like, I don't really care about you, though. Like, why are you here? And plus, I feel more is more about the casting agent and the writers is that I feel like they don't guide them to the right to the right direction because one we're in the cw where i feel like they cast more for the characters that look good for the role and not for the whole acting you know job like what they're here for yeah i'm like- okay with that though my problem is i feel like the writing's bad i think it takes too long for them to have actual development because when you binge watch these episodes like back in i think it's season two when you get introduced to like jesse quick Every single episode, there is a moment where she gets angry at someone and storms out of a room. But I Every think, single episode, dude. But I think that's more of the job of the CW and the writers because, one, we have a 23 episodes of writing for characters that's a big cast, but then you have the writers that only have these side characters as Jesse, as Wally, and, uh, and then plus Allegra, as you mentioned. They only have five minutes per episode, so it's hard to build on a character when you barely see them. When you only see them, you know, I hate you, Dad. Okay, Dad, let's hug it out. Next episode, I hate you, Dad. Let's hug it out. It's like each episode is like rinse, repeat, just to get that small character development and progression. It takes too long for me. Finally, the 23 episodes, you you see that binging where you finally start to like them. And the next season is when you get the full character that you're supposed to meant to get. It's like, that kind of took too long. It's like, eh, really? Yeah, if it took like half a season, I would be cool with that. Me too. And like yeah. hopefully and hopefully the writers have get this opportunity with this whole pandemic where they could learn to um write better, not write better, but more write better for their characters in a much shorter season since much later that we're gonna talk about that some seasons will be much shorter where we get that character progression where if we meet a character Three episodes, four episodes, we actually get to love them and enjoy them being there instead of, why are you here again? I forgot because of your story because you have this fake daughter and fake father that's going to be there for you. Okay, sure. Yeah, I felt like that was such a CW thing to do just to give a character an arc. And I just, it didn't really work for me. It's not like I hated it. It's just, it just wasn't working for me. So one of my favorite episodes pre-crisis was episode five. This is when Cisco gets framed for Gypsy's death. 
that was the most interesting um, episode because I love it because we barely saw Grant Gustin, which I, I love Grant Gustin. But to actually see a full Cisco episode, and we also Machete to actually have him <laughs> there too. I'm like, yeah, like it was just great to see him, and also for him to actually have an understanding as himself as a character, knowing to not have vibe. Like, there's more of him, which that's what kind of annoyed me in post um post crisis that he went back to that. Like, we have great character um progression, then he falls back into himself, thinking that he's not worthless without being vibe. So as you see there, there's more to vibe than just him being vibe. There's more as a character of Cisco because you're an engineer. You know how to solve mysteries and everything like that. You have all these puns. There's more of you than that. And that's what Machete proved him to it. Like, that's why Gypsy came here for you to solve her mystery. Yeah, I like that because that's such a human thing. It's like you make progression and then something happens and then you get taken back a couple steps. Like it's yeah. such a human thing. Barry is going through that right now post-crisis dealing without his speed and everything right another one of my favorite episodes was episode seven where we get dark flash right where blood work gets into barry's system and like dark flash was sick what did you think about that that was my favorite and i was right now because episode seven was a thing and episode two before before the whole crisis happened and i love it because it showed comic book accurate the actual dark flash because because in the comics blood work actually took over Flash, and he actually, you know, had that dark Flash, you know, the whole dark energy and everything, and the way Grant Gustin, actually see a whole different side of him, instead of seeing him all optimistic, you know, yeah, he gets to flex his muscles. Yeah, so it actually shows those better acting chops, instead of the one side you see him all the time, in one season, you actually see a whole different side, a bit of more evil of him, and more of a angry side when he talks to Iris, to Joe, so I like the side where it was different, like, okay, he has more of an acting chops to go. So it shows that once he leaves to show the Flash in the future, he has more opportunities to show, you know, stretch his legs. Yeah, most definitely. And I, I thought that episode was a lot of fun. And let's get into Crisis itself. Like, I thought Crisis was the best crossover the Arrowverse had ever done. Like, what did most, you think? It was the most epic one that had to be there because, one, it was the last one for our man, the one that started this all. Stephen yeah. Amell, he's the one that started this whole DC TV universe. For him to like, he had to go go big or go home, and for to have Wells become the um, damn his name, not spectator. Um, what's his name? Wells. Pariah. Yeah, Pariah. And to actually see to actually see Stephen Amell become the one that actually fights the whole big bang. Yeah, actually, him becoming Spectre was so cool. To actually see him become Spectre, actually see him end the big bang. To actually have a whole big battle it's kind of like against Thanos like to actually have this big battle against him and actually scream and actually start the whole like the new 52 like to actually you know start post-crisis it was something like so comic booky and actually wish it was more comic book some type of panels but the way the whole directors did the cinematography did this you know did the whole cutscenes was amazing even though I'm not a big fan the way Barry lost his speed the way because of the Spectre and Terry Speed Force, which I understand, but the way story written, I didn't really like though. But I was talking about that more in post crisis. But overall, crisis as a whole, one of my favorites, like you said. Yeah, I loved Crisis. One of the biggest things that came out of Crisis for me was exactly what Crisis did for the comics. It gave the writers the ability to start over. They could now do absolutely anything that they want. Now, the multiverse still exists to an extent. 
but there's a lot less universes and a lot of them have collided. So let's get into post-crisis. So now Nash can now, he now has the consciousness of who knows how many different worlds is in his mind. But that, that's the one thing I'm confused about because post-crisis, they show a bit of cutscenes of, of a Supergirl, Black Lightning, everything being the same universe. But then in some panels, they showed that some universe still exists, like other, yeah. you know. I think there's just Earth a to smaller Earth, right? yeah. number of universes. But then, that's the thing that was never established, like how many worlds are inside Nash and how many worlds still exist? Like, does he, is there other worlds that still exist? Is there another Earth that they could meet worlds to worlds face to face? Or is every single one dead and just in it? Like, that's the one thing that I wish was more elaborated but that's the con that when season you have seven playing, we'll get into that stuff in season seven and i hope we get to it because that's the con that when you have su- such a big cast it's hard to kind of put more focus when you need to focus more on caitlin more on gary i'm sorry on barry and just to actually have more focus on them and plus iris the main bad and everything like that so it's kind of hard to focus on more nash when i want to know more about his story okay that's that's fascinating like for you to have conversation of about Sherlock Wells, Earth Two Wells, like yeah. I actually had that about French Wells. Like I want to see more of those type of conversations. I want to oh, meet New gone. York Wells. I've never, I've never seen New York Wells. He said that too. I'm like, wait, <laughs> how's the New York Wells? Because I know New York. I live in New York. So I want to see how that conversation goes. Like yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. So let's get into one of the main villains post crisis, right? The new Mirror Master. Let's talk about Eva McCulloch. Let's let's get into it. So you start first, because I have my cons more than pros. So you start first about how you feel about her. So overall, so let me, let me talk about my overall thoughts on Ava, right? I like her. I don't love the character, but I like her. Because I can, again, I can empathize with what she's dealing with, right? In her mind, in her perspective, her husband turned her back on her. He took over her company he made a, a black market organization. Um, he forced metahumans into pretty much slavery, into working for him. He manipulated people who invested into her company. And she wanted to take revenge on him. And I can empathize with that. But to me, I would personally like to see a villain that's as intelligent as she is, just have her own motivations outside of a relationship. I think everything on the CW has to be tied to some sort of relationship so it can be relatable to audiences. But why can't she just be an evil genius who has her own ideals? You know what I mean? Like I 100% agree. You said it right on the nail of how I feel towards it. Because she is a good actress. She did her role for what she got. She got the writing. She nailed it. But the way it was executed, I felt like it was very underwhelmed. It was something that I wish I was more whelmed and more detained for because when you find out, all right, I get it. Your husband backstabbed you. Your husband treated you like crap. He never tried to save you. He just let you rot in a whole mirror world. He knew you was there. But at the end of the day, he said, you know what? I'm going to take my wife's company. I'm going to do a whole organization that's called Black Hole for my comics, even though it was really underused because the Black Hole in the comics is so much better and so much more grander where it could have been used. But hopefully that gets I mean, reused we're not, in the future. we're not done. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully it gets more reviews in the next season. So hopefully that's something that they could actually kind of piggyback more. But like I said, with her as a character, as Grand, wish it was more of her own motivation. And hopefully we get more of that in season seven. Because, all right, you kill the husband. 
that's done. Now what's next for you? Are you just going to be like some type of dictator and just say, all right, this is my city now or anything like that? Or are we going to get actually some type of Demian Dark that we actually see more motivation of her with not just evil organization and it's just, all right, you have this powers of the mirror and everything. What is more your execution? What's going to go? So that's more, I'm more wanting more of her as a character because, because the mirror master and the mirror dimension is more grander than what it is in the comics. So hopefully we get more of that where if she wants to be a big bag, cause, because her suit in the TV show was awesome. But I want oh, to see I love more that. of that because her, it is because her turning her hand into a gunner. That was, that was amazing. Like that was interesting. So I want to see more of that because her gun reminded me about the whole mirror gun. They could just mm-hmm. turn people right there. So hopefully we get more of that aspect. Yeah. So talking about the mirror gun, let's get into the mirrored versions of some of the characters that we've saw post-crisis. So Camilla, Iris, and Captain Singh were all made into mirror versions. What did you think about, about that? Captain Singh was my favorite. Captain Singh mm-hmm. actually, as the mirror version of him, was my favorite. Iris was second. And Camilla to me was the same in a way, kind of more of like, it was more of some type of secretary for Iris West. Uh, yeah. like, that's why I felt like she was more underused. It was interested, but then I felt like, okay, you kind of feel like the same role, but at the same time, she was more of the secretary to Iris West, doppelganger, which it was interesting. It's her, you know, being more dark, more of kind of being cold. I guess mm-hmm. very like- Love that. The scene that was- Candace actually most, got to do stuff. <laughs> and that's the thing I love the most is that she actually took up Barry out of the house. Like, oh, she said, Barry, get out of the house. You, you're out. And they're, they're like, and that scene of him walking slow-mo actually shot like, damn, my wife there, that's just kicked me out of the house. So yeah. I love that it was different. It, it, it gave a different vibe. So I love how she actually gets to search her legs doing this role, even though I didn't really love some scenes, but I saw overall with the doppelganger in the home, in the home mirror side, I love it though. Yeah. Um, another thing that you mentioned was Captain Singh being your favorite mirrored version. And yeah. I completely agree because Joe West was looking for the mole in CCPD, not realizing that the mole in CCPD himself. is the chief of police. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that and, was really cool. And plus, we always have seen five, two minutes of him every other two episodes in the past six seasons, but we never actually got a full him almost every episode and to actually see him more there more conversation and actually see him as his acting chops was actually nice to see and actually him being good guy and then bad guy like everything will be a sure success is a sure so i love that actually him talking about it you know him being the bad guy so i love that yeah i love that another one of my favorite episodes post-crisis was the episode with grod the grad uh, flash team up like when they fused into one being i'm like that was actually really sick to me what did you think? it's my favorite because actually used to see king shark and grod fighting together is literally one of my first and actually having the conversation of king of grod having the conversation with with barry like hey i know about what happened post-crisis my mind read everything i understand but i'm one lonely i'm one lonely gorilla i'm here stuck in a cage my mind is getting slow i want to get out I won't be a bad guy no more. But you know, goddamn well, he's going to be a bad guy again because that's the progression of, of Gorilla we'll Grodd. Yeah, we'll he, see. That's him in the comics. He's always turned good. He's always turned bad. He knows when to switch his side, and that's something that I'm happy. But my favorite was actually King Shark. To actually see him as a person that actually is in love, has a communication with somebody. So that was very interesting. The whole fight earth thing was awesome. And um, of him coming out of himself, it was, it was very fascinating. 
Yeah. Post-Crisis has a lot of good moments for me, which is what drives me nuts when the episodes gets really slow, right? So the episode right after Grodd and Flash team up was the death of the Speed Force. This is where we got to see Wally West again. He has all these new abilities. How cool was it to watch him like literally make duplicates of himself and take apart this entire helicopter? Like that opening scene was sick. That's so comic book accurate is my mm-hmm. favorite is because in the comics, Wally's the most connected to Speed Force in a spiritual aspect. And that's my favorite because Barry is connected in the mind. To actually see Wally be Wajay, more connected, like, hey, Barry, you got to talk to Speed Force. You haven't been there for a while. She misses you. I tried to connect her and everything, but she doesn't want to talk what's going on. And to actually have them connect and actually see the green power from the specter, you know, because it became all invaded, which I'm curious about once he gets his own new speed, is she going to come back and become the new person again? Or is there going to be a whole different new character or are, are we going to see somebody? new? So that's why I'm very fascinated to see where it's going to take pace about that. They could, but it's also not necessary because it's just like mm. an artificial speed force and only Barry can access it. Right. So I think even Wally would have to create his own speed force. I don't know. There's, so, there's a lot of questions for season seven. So that, that's what I'm curious about. Like, where's the story going to take place with the new speed force? Or is it going to be something that once the, once the original person, he, and then he makes it, Barry, is it going to be connected to all the speed force again in the future, past and present? That's what I'm Who curious knows? about. That's what I'm thinking too. The next episode, right after that, episode 15, The Exorcism of Nash Wells, where we get the introduction to reverse Flash. Like, Tom Cavanaugh. He's a. I I know you're watching this video. Tom Cavanaugh (laughs) is my favorite actor on the show. Grant is amazing. I've tweeted Grant, I've told him how much his performance as the Flash means to me. But Tom Cavanaugh as reverse Flash. Is the greatest thing. It is uh, the greatest thing ever. Uh, he is so flash. good. He, he go ahead. No, I was gonna say like he is freaking amazing because Tom Cavanaugh. He shows that he's one of the best actors there. Like him and Joe West, they are the two best. And it's just to see the way they go against each other. Grant and Tom. It's just the way they go. Like he knows how to get under Barry's skin. Yeah. Like, he like and the way I think Grant is at his best as an actor is when he goes off. Tom, yep. because you see the the whole anger him about a cry, because he has he will forever has that anger. And me and I, I have goosebumps talking about that scene. Yep, same just dude, him, just to see him talking like I will come and get you. Like he's about to kill Harrison Wells in the same way he got he killed Cisco. Yep, and to and to see Cisco sing that to look exactly it trauma him because he knows like I got killed like that. And then to see him there, you better do that to Harry, but that's not really Harry. That's freaking, I got to kill your mom. That literally caused you trauma for me years. That caused you hatred. It goes a mystery for you. And just to see that scene, it just gave me goes like, Rod, and this scene, the two you mentioned were my favorites. And then after that, it was freaking, um, it was freaking Godspeed again. But this scene, it was amazing. It's just to yeah. see those two go back and forth. Like he said, hey, if we have to kill him, we kill him. And just to see, like, this dude has hatred no matter what. He's up in the head for that reason. Yeah, like, that dynamic is the same as, like, Batman and Joker. Joker is the yes. only one that can push Batman to the point where he might actually kill him. And plus vice versa. Vice versa yeah. for both. Like, they need each other, and that's the one to, like... And then you actually see him, like, I will come and get you. To note that the guy, Tom, 
reverse flash is somewhere in the console, somewhere in the world, finding another body. Like, that's, that's creepy and weird to see. Like, how do you do that? Like, how, like, how does that work? So I have a theory, right? And Because there's more that I want to talk about with this episode. But since you brought it up, with that exorcism, now that Thawne doesn't have a physical body, I think this is how the Flash TV show is going to introduce Red Death. Because Nora, in season five, mentioned that Red Death existed. So I think whatever body that Thon finds, that entity will become Red Death. So for those of you that don't know what Red Death is or who he is, it is an evil version of Batman that steals Barry's power so that he can go back in time and kill every villain that ever hurt anyone, pretty much. So, like so the Flash doing this version would be sick because Thon doesn't have a physical form. Any form that he takes over now becomes a new being, Red Death. That's my theory. That's I like that theory. I, I want that theory. And we know Flash Riders, you, you're watching this. Take this. Yes. <laughs> Just give us credit. Or more to James because he came up with this. And I, and I support this theory because this theory sounds amazing. and something that I would write because I read some of those comic book issues and the art style in there. And, and to actually see Red Death suit in there. Oh, my God. The, the red and black. The red lightning. Oh, I really hope they do it. It would be sick. So another thing that happens in this episode is the introduction to Sunshine. I actually like this villain. Uh, Sunshine doesn't get to do much overall in post-crisis, but I love her power. Um, In the show, they call it that she's heliokinetic, meaning she can bend sunlight, right? That's that's so cool. That's interesting because it's the same kind of like if you were a kid and you're at the park and you have some type of microscope and you just want to play with this and you want to play with the sunlight and, you know, burn some ants, you know, burn some grass. <laughs> it's kind of like that. And the way, but to see in the TV show with actual metal powers, it's something that you actually see like, this person has sunlight and just bending where you cannot see her. She comes back, she punches you, disappears. Just to have that idea and where sunlight is one of the most hottest thing and where you can control it. It's like anything like that. That's just fascinating. But then, but then Barry, they got weekends. Without light, you're nothing. You're just a regular thug. And like, that's so fancy. Like, it shows that Barry is still a scientist. He's still a yes, smart dude. person that knows how to figure out the most smartest thing to actually, okay, he has an engineer, Cisco. He has a biologist, which is Caitlin. But he also kind of forgets, when I ham the show, don't really put the show, that, yes. yeah, the show <laughs> kind of puts that spotlight that he's also a scientist and he's smart because that's one thing i love about the first episode the first season he goes looking at a tire track a tire track in the first episode the first beginning of the show and then he figured out oh is this type of car he went on mud and everything that's no person can actually like me james cannot do that yeah only a scientist i am not a a trained person in his field so just to see that spotlight of barry is one of my favorite things as well to, to actually see yeah, and much like Cisco, this is a moment where he has to realize, yeah, you don't have your powers right now, but you're still so intelligent, like you mentioned. Like, and like, like you said, I think this is something that the show forgot. It's like in the first season, they go through his genius so much. But in the later seasons, we would only see him writing equations on the wall. Yeah. Now and again, he might figure out something. But I think they seem to, and maybe because they have so many other characters that's really yeah, intelligent. Yeah, the cast is big. Yeah, there's only so much writing you can give to one character. So it just is what it is. But episode 15, The Exorcism of Nash Wells, was one of my favorite episodes post-crisis. But I do want to ask you a question. So 
what do you think overall of the character of Kaylin and Cisco throughout the show? Like, do you feel like they were underused or they were well, where they were needed to be in some of the episodes, some of the scenes throughout this whole season? So for this season, I think they're just in places where they need to be for this season. If we're not seeing them a lot, it's because it serves the plot. The show is not about them. Like, they serve the plot, right? So everything going on with Caitlyn, I think it's a never-ending struggle of her trying to figure out who she is and how to truly be a hero and control her powers. I love that she's getting time with her mom and trying to connect there. I love that stuff. Cisco is being more of the engineer that we know, the genius that we got to know in the beginning. He's exploring. He's going to Atlantis. He's going to Atlantis again to get this, uh, what's it called? The perpetual motion device that's, to help Barry create the artificial speed force. That's, they got stuff to do. That's one of my favorite scenes uh, about post-crisis, that once he came back at this whole hunt of being... Indiana Joe, you know, going around <laughs> the whole world, talking about, okay, these are the old people I find out. These are the new characters. These are new faces. This is why they hate you, Barry, because um, you put a person in prison, and it's because that person is actually their love interest, and that's their boyfriend and everything. And we also have these. Uh, I went to Atlantis. I went to the Amazonians. So yep. when I find this, it's like, Atlantis. So who the hell is there? Aquaman. Amazonians. Yep. I wonder who lives there. It's a yep. girl called Wonder Woman. Like these type of issues, as much as I love to, but it's because of budget or it's because of the Warner Brothers and like that. But yeah. just to see Aquaman, just to see one of them, just to see Gotham, like if they say Gotham, like from what happened when we saw Crisis, Titans is connected to this DC and everything. Like just to see, oh, I went to Gotham and I found some, you know, some people, you know, in a red suit that, you know, that calls himself Robin. Like just hearing those things, I'm like, yes! Can we get them though? Oh, look. Yeah. So it's just amazing just to see those insects. And that's what I love about Cisco. Like, he's just punts and just put those one liners as a character. Say, you know, about Harry Potter, you know, yeah. about his characters. It's just amazing. Yeah. So, on the topic of Harry Potter, let's talk about Pied Piper in um, episode 18. Because this is where we got to see Godspeed again. We got more backstory into, uh, into Pied Piper because history changed. So, this is something really interesting. So history changed. So that moment, um, I forgot where they were, but they were on a on a highway. Barry versus Pied Piper. When history was on a dam, on the dam of the city. Yes. So when history changed post crisis, Barry is actually able to throw lightning a lot earlier than pre crisis. Did you notice that? I didn't notice that, but then it, like I'm really interested to more of pre uh, post crisis changes they do. To find out, like, so he's been training more. He gets his powers early. So I'm curious to know what can current Barry do that he couldn't do before. When he, dude, when he actually is able to access the artificial speed force. So, so that's the other thing, right? So we know that he's he got more speed faster. The um, Spectre increased his speed during Crisis. So when the artificial speed force comes into play, what is his speed going to be, dude? Like that's that's the one that I'm more curious about because, like, we heard from the lions and we make fun of memes and everything. Like, we hear the line, "Run, Barry, run, run." I love it. I love and it. I love it. But I just want to hear one day where he tells himself, "Like, run, Barry," because we barely hear himself telling himself. We also hear characters, Ares, Wells, Joe, other characters on him that. But I want to see him actually beating a speedster without him actually worrying about it. But most likely we won't see that because without story progress, there wouldn't be no show. But I want to just see one episode, him actually outlasting Godspeed, Reverse Flash, any type of, or Zoom, because I want to see if Zoom could return after post-crisis because if all the worlds collided, 
something maybe a zoom story actually i mean that's the thing though earth 2 is completely erased so but you know in other universes maybe there's another zoom can you know how i don't maybe so that's maybe where we might see godspeed zoom other characters more in the future because where we have seen um grod changes character as well so that's true that we might see more in the future so that's one thing i'm most excited for post-crisis moving forward yeah before we talk about the finale, um, there was a character we, we forgot to talk about. How do you feel about Sue Dearborn and that whole like subplot with like her and Ralph? Because in the comics, Sue is mm. Ralph's wife. Yeah. Whatever. How did you feel like the? How did you feel the actress did? What did you feel about her arc stuff like that? So the actress is beautiful. That's one thing I always say. The actress is very yeah. beautiful. She is. She's adorable. Uh, and the um, the chemistry set it perfectly to like Cisco. The way he was there in a conversation, he's like, I feel like a third wheel. And it's like that. Like, one thing I really got to admit, the chemistry between both actors are amazing. It's almost like to like Barry and Iris West. It's very yeah. beautiful dynamic where it works for them. But what I'm curious about is to see what what is his, what is her role going to be moving forward? Is she going to join Team Flash, or is Ralph Demi going to have his own adventure, or is she going to join a different show with Supergirl, Legend, something like that? Because, like, once his plot of helping her kind of close, because right now she's framed, mm-hmm. what, is, what is they going to do after that? So that's what I'm curious about. Yeah, I mean, like you said, dude, I think she has to join Team Flash in order for them to help clear her name. Yeah. Because I don't think Ralph can do it by himself, and I don't think that Team Flash would let him do it by himself. It is going to be interesting because most likely he, he, um, she only knows about him, about his, about his secret identity. Most likely at the start of next season, he's going to be like, you know what? I have a couple of friends that could help us out. Let's go to our secret base that everybody could just come in without not, you know, no alerts or alarm cards. It's like freaking guys. <laughs> I speed. love that that's the running joke that literally anyone can get into Star Labs. And then I love how Wells acts. Just go, you don't even know, you know, you know. <laughs> No type of security. And like, I'm trying to fix this artificial speed. <laughs> but you know, just people be coming in with no problem. All the right. time. It's the same thing on Arrow too. Like anyone can get into the just Arrow get, game. Just get inside the elevator. Be like, oh, nice cave. Oh, you know, cool place. And like, Wells, I'm mean, sorry. Ralph Davis will just bring her in like, hey guys, I have a problem right there. You know, she, she just got framed. Can we help her out? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, sure, no problem. Not even asking, like, hey, did you ask him if you could just bring your girlfriend that's taking a robbing person that has robbed the rich and everything? Technically has helped the bad guy of the whole season. Oh, yeah, of course, bring her in. <laughs> Another thing that I love post-crisis was um, Team Citizen, right? Like, that's Iris my favorite. Camilla, Allegra, and they went on their own adventures investigating Black Hole, investigating Carver, and again, Candace got to really stretch her legs in terms of her acting chops. And I'm happy about that because it shows two teams having Iris West and the other cast members having their own thing. Caitlin and Cisco and Flash, mm-hmm. Barry having their own team and have something and their time for to take a work together. And hopefully in the next season, the writers saw, you know, the reviews, you know, us, you know, hey guys, how are you guys doing? You know, watching us see that these type of dynamic work, Team Flash and, and as a Team Citizen, could work together and have their own, their own type of separate episode or have 20 minutes for them, you know, some type of conversation, you know, doing this, and then 20 minutes for them. And then at the end of the show, the last 10 episodes, you, I'm sorry, the last 10 minutes of the episode, they actually could find the big bad 
and then, you know, take it out because you guys have found the proof. This is how you found the name and everything like that. So hopefully the work in a way to find that in that type of collision. Yeah. How did you, how do you feel about Cecile? Cause there's moments where I feel like Cecile isn't getting a lot to do this season. I feel like she's the most, it's only because I mean, for the story, she just doesn't have that much to do, I guess. I feel like she's the most underused out of this whole season because I feel like she, she found something. She's going to be a, she's going to be some type of lawyer. A metahuman lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to be a metahuman lawyer for metahumans only. And that's something, but then somehow everybody has the same office in the same building and there's no security in in, in that building either because because anybody could enter too. <laughs> but to actually find her job, I, I find it helpful. But then she always got connected to Team Flash, where I feel like she should have connected more to the Team Citizen and helped them more because they do the whole the newspaper and everything. And if she connected with that, people, it's much easier for her to get more clients in the metahuman side and help them out. So hopefully she gets more of that more useful in the next season because Joe West, I felt bad for me this season because he got named captain, but then has to go to Sitwick. And I'm yep. like, but also I found that he also was hurt. So I'm like, I understand why he was in this position, but to feel like he was him and to see it was really underused in the season, but hopefully they get more roles and much better story in the next one. Yeah, agreed, dude. I think for a lot of characters, this season was a lot of setup because I definitely think in season seven, we're going to get a lot more of Cecile and her new agency. We'll get to see Joe stretch his legs more as captain of CCPD and all this type of stuff. So let's get into the finale. Let's talk about the finale. Let's talk about more of Mirror Master. So she's free now. She's free. She's walking around and she, she gets to kill Carver, right? So it's like, like we talked about before, like, where does it go from here? Like, what did you think about the finale episode as a whole? Let's start there. Out of a whole, as a same finale, is the weakest one for me because I didn't care about Carver. He got killed. I'm like, sorry, Colin. He got killed. Like, just shot in the mirror. I'm like, kind of symbolic. That's one thing I got to admit. Very symbolic yeah. where he gets shot by the mirror that his wife got literally sent to. So, like, okay, very symbolic thing. But at the same time, it's like, he was a person who was a big bad. He was a CEO that stole money, stole from the poor, had a whole organization. All right, you got what was coming. And your wife yeah. said that I would not be happy until I kill him. And the bird's like, there's no need to kill. There was something bound to happen. But as her as a character, she got what she wanted. And most bad guys don't succeed. And she actually succeeded to get what she for wanted. For now, anyway, yeah. And also, nobody asks questions like, hey, where were you for the past six years? The whole news well, report. They, they did, did, but then she explained it, and everyone's like, you know what? We accept that for story yeah, bits and everything. It's fine. You don't need to be psychologically you know, evaluated because you were in, you were captured yeah, for six years. That's fine. Nobody, nobody's going to ask you about your tax return. Nobody's going to ask you, hey, you know, you're still good for your bills. You're still good about your pay rent. No worries. Just, we're good. Just take back the company that your husband just got killed for and everything. Just take back the husband and everything, and nobody's going to ask about her I mean, security it was, guard. it was her company. Her Carver only became CEO because she was missing. So. But then, but then her security well, guard, yeah, but then her security guard is right there that looks like one of the bad guys that learned has done other killings to some other banks. No one's like, seen them. No one has actually seen them. So, so, I mean, so when I saw the finale for the first time, I thought that Sunshine, Dr. Light, and Ultraviolet were mirrored versions of the real ones. But when I watched it again, I realized, no, 
she pulled them into the mirrorverse and pretty much pulled them to her side, telling them that like she the would children. pretty much set them free. She told them the truth and set them free because they were all only working for Carver because they were afraid of him. Yeah. And Black Hole. So, But it's really sad that how can you get scared of a guy that's CEO and has no powers when they're the ones that have powers? But then Influence, dude. He has influence and money. That is true. And he probably... He probably offered the money, and I was like, you know what? Sure, why not? Blackmail their families. But the one thing I'm more excited for is to see Iris West and plus Camilla, and to see Sing, to see yeah. in that mirror world more story bits of her. But then she disappeared at the end. So me and James spoke about this before, saying that is she connected now with the mirror world since she's been there for so long, or what is it that happened? Because there's been story um, bits and comic books where Iris West is from the future or she's connected or she's just a regular person. So her being in this world for a couple months, what has the influence in her mind? Psychological. So I want her to see how's that happen and how's that improve for her as a character. So I'm really curious about that. Can't wait to see as well for Barry to see his artificial speed since we heard rumors that the whole season finale was going to be with reverse flash. So yeah. um, something that and plus Barry on on IGTV or IG Live, he said that we're going to still do that, but we might do that at the beginning of seven. At the beginning, or in episode three or four, Mm -hmm. once we wrap this story about what the whole Mirror Master and like that. So I'm really curious about how the first couple episodes are going to begin. So I'm really curious about how's that going to see. Yeah, I mean, they have time. I mean, these shows aren't coming back until like, what, January? In the winter of January, uh, that beginning of the season. Of the yeah. hoping of the year, so I'm very excited to see how that goes and everything. So, and plus, Supergirl and plus Legends will not be returning, but the Supergirls because Melissa Benoist she's pregnant now, so most likely that's why it's not going to be returning. So, most likely going to be returning summer season. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but I mean, so let's talk about that, right? So, let's talk about the whole thing with Iris. So, I'm thinking that her consciousness has now become one with the Mirrorverse, mm-hmm. and she'll still be able to communicate with. Camilla, she'll still be able to help the real thing, but we'll get into that more, of course, in season seven. My other thing is, like you mentioned, in the comics, there is a version where Iris is from the future, right? Mm-hmm. And she was sent back in time to be protected. So it's like, and the I think it's, well, it is this season, because Nash in pre crisis he uses his gauntlet and he scans Iris yes. when he was looking for a certain material that only exists in certain places. So that was a nice little Easter egg that Iris may not be just so, this normal person. So you think there's more to it? Cause I, I thought when I saw it, cause you know how in some of the Mark comic books, they, they do Easter eggs, but they don't actually go more of it because it's just more not to us fans. I don't so, think the Mirrorverse thing is connected, but I do think they're going to go more into so the Iris not being Iris. There's more to her. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, maybe they're showing us fans knowing, okay, there's something that we know about, but we're not going to actually see it. But if they're going to actually more in that progression in that story, I'm really curious about that. And maybe we're going to see more progression with her and Wells. You know, Wells, you know, pass by her and sees another connection. Like, wait, what did the ring right next to Iris? Huh? Yeah. And then Wells will connect. And after he hears more voices, Sherlock Wells will probably talk to him like, you should go see what's going on there. And, you know, we have the French Wells talking that. I miss all the version of the worlds, honestly. Yeah, I I miss the council. Oh, the council. (laughs) They're they're all in his head. (laughs) But, I mean, there's only so much they could have done with, like, COVID and everything. They had to stop production. There's only so many things they could have done. So they left off with these two big cliffhangers. Um, Iris 
became one with the Mirrorverse. That's what I think. And then Sue gets, um, she gets framed for the death of the murder of Carver. Kinda, so we'll see how they resolve that at the beginning it, of season seven. The way she kind of went with the whole, with, with the whole mirror world, it reminds me of when Barry went, became one with the speed force when he had mm-hmm. to go into enter there like for, you know, good four months. So it kind of very symbolic of how this season finale ended when it was two seasons ago, when Barry had to go. So yeah. it's very symbolic for that aspect. So what I'm hoping for is that Iris is the one that defeats this Mirror Master. I think Iris deserves to have a moment where she's the hero that defeats Mirror Master because Barry still has to deal with Godspeed. He still has to deal with Fawn. It would be amazing if Iris was the one, especially now that she's one with the Mirrorverse. That's what I think. That hasn't been confirmed. But I think that it would be amazing to give Iris something, another amazing hero moment. Because she has done a lot of incredible things throughout the series as a human person, but I think this would be amazing for the character just to do something really different. I totally agree. Um, with with Iris actually taking on the big bad, there's something that that has happened in the comics or anything. So for her, for her to actually have that role, it doesn't show her like it's always as the damsel in distress. It actually shows that she could hold her own foot, be independent, but also take the, a bad like, hey, hey Barry, I am your lightning rod, but I also have my own you know, my own foot that can actually do something. I'm not just a person who, who, who is in control of a whole newspaper. I can actually help you out. And also, this girl had me count, you know, track here for three, four months here. So I got to do something. Yeah. So what are your overall thoughts on season six? And where does season six land for you within the series so far? So when I first told James when season six was number six, he got, he like, wait, what? But then, it, you know, a couple of days passed. I was like, you know what, James, I think you're kind of right. Season six falls to me as a whole in fourth or fifth place when okay. I more thought about it. Because as much as I enjoy the thinker in some scenes, switching bodies all the time and some of the actors weren't great or some of the actresses, because they also turned into um, actresses as well. The, um, the character itself wasn't always well balanced. It just was on and off like a whole roller coaster. So I do agree where season six to me, I'll give it four or fifth place, more leaning to fourth. So it was more entertaining because to see post-crisis, to see crisis, to see to see Cisco and the whole Kid of Frost for her to be gone for a couple of months. So to actually see her and plus Barry having to make his own artificial speed, all these things are fascinating in Storbase and also Godspeed and plus Body Piper to actually see this and grind. Like these all small roles and hence, as the show really was keeping me entertained, even though some scenes of the bad guys were keeping me boring, as a whole overall season really did keep me entertained. So I'll give it to number four. Yeah, dude, I'm in the exact same spot. Oh, so my ranking perfect. right now is one, two, three, six, five, four. I think The Thinker is the worst thing that ever happened to the show. I, I fucking hate it. Same list, same list. I, I thought get that. all of the, the boss metas suck. I thought all of their arcs were terrible. I hated season four. It is the worst thing that ever happened to the Flash. (laughs) And (laughs) I was starting to hate season six. Honestly, I was like, this is just as bad as season five. But when I started to rewatch some of the episodes and I realized how great this overall arc is and what it's doing for all of the individual characters in this universe on the Flash, that's where I put it up to number four for me. 
I realized yeah. it really wasn't as bad as I was thinking it was. Because I'm a binger. I think binging TV series, you get a lot more out of it. It's hard for me to watch stuff week to week sometimes. So binging a lot of these episodes just proved to me that the season really isn't as bad as I thought it was. That's why it's up at number four for me. Not as bad as five or four. I totally agree. Binging the last four five episodes before before we did this real more entertaining i cannot do weekly cw shows it's just too some scenes are you know very soap opera but to actually see these comic book things and actually see story bits more as a whole very symmetrical one story bit instead of waiting week to week or you kind of forget some scenes and characters that scene one totally agree binging is the best for these type of shows yeah but I think it, I think we got to a good point where we can wrap it up here. Like, did you have any more thoughts on season six or anything before we head out? I'm just excited to see more of where season seven goes and where it moves forward. To see Godspeed, Grodd, more as a character, maybe Zoom come back, as I mentioned, to see more service and, and to see Barry. I'm excited. And hopefully, like I said, for, for season six, I hope we see more of Cisco, more of a Camilla. I, I want to see Atlantis, dude. I want, it's just a panel. It's just a panel. Just if they just copy a, a scene from the film, you you guys are no, in the, don't do that. Definitely don't. Do that. Well, well, they did get the flash of the DC movie, so if y'all could just have a hey. conversation, it could work. Like, hey, can we just borrow Aquaman for one episode? <laughs> just hey, your ratings will go high if you just show a promo. The Aquaman is coming to an episode, your ratings will skyrocket. So trust me, that would be great. That would be awesome. Dude, I am really looking forward to season seven. There's so many things that they have to answer. So many questions that I need answered. There's so many theories that I have. And I would love to do like a separate episode just on season seven theories. I think that would be really fun. I would do that. I'm there. You know, you can always catch me here. Always talking about this. Yeah. So uh, where can people find you online? Guys, you can also find me at Legendy Vash, Twitter, IG, everything, or at Anime Lately, YouTube channel, everything. Um, Finding me. Twitter. Yeah, uh, guys, you know where to find me right here on the Kepa for Spoilers YouTube channel, all of my social media and the link to our website. You can find that at see the number four spoilers. All of that stuff will be in the description below. Miguel, thank you so much for joining me in this episode. We'll be doing a lot more content for you guys because I had a blast and I can't wait to do more. Likewise, guys. Bye. See ya.